Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. You know our trusted partner TireRack.com for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Bridgestone Weatherpeak. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, three and out podcast, rocking and rolling preseason games. I'm recording this actually before the preseason games. Uh, actually, I think the Patriot game's on in like 10 minutes. I have the Yankee game on TV right now. They're playing in the Field of Dreams. I'm not going to lie. It's pretty badass. I didn't. I haven't played Little, Little League was the last time I played baseball, but I really like baseball. This is sweet. Like this, I, I don't know how much a ticket costs to get to this game, but this would have been an incredible experience. I know football's here, but if you like sports, just seeing the visuals of this game in the cornfields, absolutely incredible. Talk about a career renaissance. Costner, who, you know, Yellowstone is just one of the sweeter television shows going, and now he's hosting this. These guys walked out of the cornfields, the, the two teams. Awesome. But football, and I got a lot of football stuff to talk about. Uh, I saw a Brian Dayball quote that I really think encapsulates just the sport of football and what's so special and unique about this next, really, you know, the preseason, but even the season and the intensity of making a team and how hard it is. Cowboys have themselves a serious problem. Uh, I'm no doctor, but, and and they can poo-poo the MRI all you want. Like, something's up with Dak. Like, you need multiple MRIs. We all watched Hard Knocks. Weird stuff, man. That is, we're all red flagging because if he ain't around, they got problems. And then a lot of other stuff's going on around the league that I'll hit. Um, I've, I've been at 49er practice this week. It's just, I listen, I can't speak for all the other practices. 
I guess I've I've seen three teams practice in my life. The Ch- I was going to say the Chiefs. They were the Eagles because that's where I worked. Andy was a coach. Uh, the Raiders and the Niners over the years. I guess I, I've been to a Titans practice a couple years ago, and, but it was OTA. Uh, it, it's just these guys are – people are ready to play another team. You know, you can just feel it at practice. Like you're kind of tired of hitting your teammate. You know, so let's, let's start playing some other people. Let's get the pads popping. Now, if you play for Sean McVay – uh, you sit and and listen. I, I I come from the school of if I was in Sean McVay or any of these coaches, I get the old school mindset. I just there's so much money in the line. I would sit all my stars, but I'm not a coach. Um, so we'll dive into all that as well. Leave a review on the Three and Out podcast, Apple iTunes. Greatly appreciate it. Also, if you subscribe to Collins' feed, go to the Three and Out feed. Subscribe to that bad boy as well. And I wanted to start with this Brian Dayball quote that I uh, I ran into on Twitter. It wasn't a quote. It was an article written. I'm sorry, I don't know who wrote the article. I just got a screenshot of it. And Brian Dayball addressed the team, as a lot of coordinators do during camp. I think a lot of coaches, uh, you know, during training camp, and depending on the season, but definitely in training camp, a lot of, you know, your position coaches, too, speak to the team. And it's just a time when, you know, everyone is kind of making their impact. And maybe they have a certain message. Maybe the head coach wants them to pick a certain angle. And this, what Brian Dayball addressing the team was was really powerful. He started by saying this. He gets in front of the entire team and asks, I guess just his offense. Every offensive player and every coach in the room to stand up. And here's what he said. If you're a coach and you've been fired, sit down, Dayball said. Every coach in the room sat. Then Dayball continued, okay, if you're a player and you've ever been cut or traded, sit down. A large group of players in the room sat down. He finished with this. If you weren't picked in the first round, sit down. Dable said, and suddenly the only person in the room still standing was Josh Allen. The only other first-round pick on Buffalo's offense is a backup quarterback, Trubisky, and obviously he got cut the way he ended up on uh, on the Bills. Then Dable goes to Josh. How many scholarship offers did you get coming out of high school? And Josh Allen replied, zero. All right, Dable said. Let's all remember where we came from. I think that encompasses the NFL because everyone in an NFL building there's a couple young players on every roster, first-round picks, right, that have led. They usually come from high-level schools. Like, Josh Allen is a little bit of an outlier there. But the majority of players have been cut, have been traded. Every coach basically gets fired at one point in time. Every single one. And it's a humbling league. And we talk a lot about money in the sport, right? Josh Allen just got $150 million. Well, his contract's actually worth $250 million. So there's $100-plus million that he has to earn. And in other sports, I'm watching the Yankee game. Well, Big Poppy and Alex Rodriguez, you know, were a big part of the lead-up to the game. Every time those guys signed a contract, $200, $300 million, every penny of it was guaranteed. So if they sucked, they couldn't just get cut year four. There is a desperation in the sport of football because the guaranteed money for the players. And then every year, just because the number of people that play football, it's basically inevitable. Going into a training camp, if you're like a fourth-year player, let's say you're a guard, 
more than likely in your time with the team, they're going to draft minimum one guy at your position. And every year they're signing undrafted free agents also at your position. And potentially, depending on free agency, they might sign one of those guys. And because of the way your contract is uh, structured, you're always kind of fighting for your life. And the the unique part about the in pro sports with the amount of money that's now being made, football included, they've never made more money. Now, money's all relative. Like if you were making $10 million in the 90s, that was a shitload of cash. But it's pretty clear now. And it's been like this basically my entire life. But basketball, the, the, if you're a star player, like Steph Curry doesn't have to answer to anybody. Then deservedly so. But he doesn't even get, like Steph Curry, LeBron James, Kawhi, they don't even get yelled at, right? In baseball, once you get the big contract, you're untouchable. So, one, in baseball, you don't typically get yelled at in the first place. That's not the way the sport's set up. But two, you just, you're just going to be on the team forever. And maybe you'll get traded or whatever, but you never have to worry about losing your job because all of that money is always going to keep coming. Where in football, just the setup of the sport, Tom Brady, one of the number one talking points for two decades out of New England, was how Tom Brady would get yelled at in meetings. The best player in the history of the sport constantly getting screamed at. Aaron Donald, who's widely viewed as the best player, pound for pound, non-quarterback in football. If you've ever been to a practice in football, whether in high school, whether in college, or definitely in the pros, the loudest coach typically is a defensive line coach. He yells at everyone. Aaron Donald, who probably does not need to get yelled at at all, and I'm not saying truly get yelled at, but just he's coached. Every single day he's coached. And there is something to football. There's a humility to the sport because of its setup. And I've said for a long time, the sport really benefits just from its natural setup. There's one game a week, meaning there's a huge buildup. It's so easy to gamble on. Every game has uh, meaning. So you never have to worry about like, oh, I'm just watching the Chiefs game this Sunday. Turns out Travis Kelsey, Tyree Kill, Patrick Mahomes. Oh, they just, Andy gave him a rest day. It's middle of October. That would never happen. The only way the star players do not play is because of injury. They never take days off. And you might have a bad week, but you never feel like, yeah, you know, uh, he just mailed it in. Maybe in like the fourth quarter, but the, the most of the game, you, you might suck at football. But for the most part, I think we all agree, players try. It's why we always talk about tanking in football is impossible. Because the players never stop trying. <laughs> they never do. And it's and the coaches are in this weird spot. Like, you can't really manipulate the game like you can in basketball. Because you still just got to call plays. Like, if I get to the five-yard line, what am I going to tell my running back? Just like, if you get to the goal line, just throw the ball to the other team. That's just not going to take place. And... I think this message that Dayball gave everyone, like, listen, everyone in here has been cut, traded, fired, or even Josh, not a soul believed in you in college. And that's unique to the sport. And I I think it's part of the special element of why I think football players, when you hear them talk, like watching Costner right now. Costner has played, I mean, Tin Cups, one of my favorite movies of all time. I love Yellowstone. He, when he plays a part and he's right for the part, it's elite. You watch Yellowstone, you think he could be that guy, that rancher, right? You watch Tin Cup, you think he could be this drunk, has-been golfer, right? But when you hear Costner talk, he's like just kind of a Hollywood elitist. 
he does not talk like in a normal interview like you would think he is as an actor. Like if you've heard Matt Damon talk, he's like, yeah, Matt Damon sounds kind of normal. Even Clooney, you're like, ah, I'd, I'd want to hang out with Clooney. I don't even know if I'd want to hang out with Costner. But one, I think his football has really exploded. And, and as we head to the season, which is going to be the biggest season in the history of the league, the ratings are going to be massive. I, I, I think there's a chance Trey Lance is playing the first half for the 49ers. And the 49ers, when they've been good in my adult life and since I've been in the media, their television ratings are freaking massive. I think Saturday night will be the highest rated preseason game in the history of the 49ers. The interest for this sport has never been bigger. Because the majority of the time, when you put these players in positions just to talk, you're like, God, guy sounds like pretty nice. Sounds like a good guy. Sounds like, God, I'd like to hang out with that guy. Now, I'm not saying every single player is like that. But there is a humility to a sport where obviously guys make a lot of money just because of the setup of it. And I think they're constantly hammered on that. And it's just the nature of the business. And uh, I can't wait for these games to get going. I'm sure many of you, like me, watch Hard Knocks. It was actually kind of enlightening. Uh, Cable is so screwed, like basic cable. I I realize why so many of you cut the cord. I have Comcast. And uh, usually, you know, for us on the West Coast, I guess if you live on the East Coast, Hard Knocks comes on at 10 o'clock. But forever, for us on the West Coast, I had the HBO app, and I would just watch Hard Knocks on my iPad. Because, you know, know, I'm getting older. Can't always stay up till 11 o'clock. Want to watch it? Hell, I'm ready to watch it at 8 o'clock. So I'll be done with it at 9. Well, I couldn't watch it on my TV till 10 o'clock. And I didn't really want to watch it on my iPad. But these smart TVs, I go to HBO Max or HBO Go or whatever the app is on my smart TV. So I can't watch it on my cable. But I go to the app on my TV and I watch it immediately. It's like, yeah, Cable, you're done. <laughs> like, good, hold on for dear life because you are coming down the home stretch. So I watch Hard Knocks. And as of two days ago, I, I think we knew his injury was not ideal. But then when it comes out that he needs an MRI on his elbow, I don't think there's any way to just, just you know, let's just call a spade a spade here. Like, they got a problem on their hands. Is something wrong with his arm? Like I said, I'm a big baseball fan. I'm sure many people listening are. We have all had pitchers on whatever team we root for start getting elbow issues. You know what happens when they start getting elbow issues? It's not good. Now, it's different with playing quarterback and pitching because at quarterback, I can throw balls non-100%. As a pitcher, I have to be able to let it loose. So, Dak, like if you can kind of build back up, it's, it's, it's not the same motion right? It's a, it's a little bit different, a little less tension on your arm. But as a quarterback, for the most part, when Big Ben a couple years ago had Tommy John, to me, the craziest part about that was when the hell do quarterbacks ever get Tommy John? When do their elbow and those tendons usually go? It, it rarely happens. When quarterbacks get injured, it's usually knees, maybe a shoulder, but like their throwing elbow? That, that was a pretty eye-opening injury. And now Dak has this issue. And I'm not trying to play doctor. Just a state school guy. No medical degree. But when you're watching Hard Knocks and Jerry's on the phone with the trainer and the trainer's saying he's talking to Yankee and Texas Ranger trainers, of course he is. Because this does not happen to quarterbacks. So why did this happen? I don't know. But it's irrelevant why it happened. They're here. 
and now he's not practicing. He's getting multiple MRIs. I would be very, very worried because the one takeaway I had that when Dak is not in the game and they're rolling out Ben freaking Danucci, the Cowboys suck. They would not win. Would they win four games? Would they go four and 13 if Dak had to have like season-ending elbow surgery? I don't want that to happen because my other takeaway from Cowboy, the the hard knocks, I think Dak's the most, one of the more likable guys in the league. Like he really is like, God, I, I'm rooting for this guy. I found myself by the end of the episode feeling bad for him. I, I could not watch the replay of the ankle injury. And then in practice, when his elbow started hurting, him kind of chirping at the coaches like, I'm t- I don't want to sit out. I sat out all last year. You're like, God, I like this guy. What a badass. And if you've listened to me for a long time, you know where I stand. Like, I didn't love paying him $40 million. I still don't. You know what I mean? Listen, I'm not, I'm not trying to count other people's pockets. I root for other people to get as much money as humanly possible. Except in pro sports, when there's a salary cap and we have to talk about it in that vein. So to me, you know, $30 million felt about right, but he took 40 But the reality is once you pay him 40 he doesn't. he's still the same player if he's healthy. It's just harder to build around him. Here's, their defense is going to stink. Like Mike McCarthy, I, I heard Colin a couple days ago claim that like, and I thought he put it perfectly, that Mike McCarthy sounds like a guy trying to play a coach in a movie. Like it all feels very forced. It's not very natural. It just, something's off. I, I don't really know what to say. But when I see Ben McAdoo, who was a laughing stock with the Giants, Joe Philbin, who was a laughing stock with the Dolphins, like Mike, do you not know other coaches? Are you just going back to the well? And Dan Quinn, like, listen, I think Dan Quinn is a high character guy. People love the human being. He is just people, everyone I know that knows Dan Quinn speak very, very highly of him. But, and he's better than Mike Nolan, but Dan Quinn's defenses in Atlanta, and he's a defensive guy, were atrocious. So how... Are you going to hire, just because he was a head coach, he got fired, like, he was your best option to be your defensive coordinator? I just think their coaching staff, like, I know Doug Nussmeyer and Kellen Moore, like, those guys are good. They were all on Jason Garrett's staff. They were not McCarthy's hire. Whenever I see McCarthy's guy, I see McAdoo, Philbin, and now Dan Quinn. I'm like, this is your staff? With, if Dak misses significant time, they are so screwed. My prediction right now, it's hard because you don't know how much Dak's going to play or not. If they do not make the playoffs, and clearly I just don't think Dak's injury is just, even if it's not that bad, is it just going to go away? Again, back to the baseball thing. When guys have elbow issues, even when they come back, if they don't get you know the big surgery, it doesn't often just, oh, not, not a problem anymore. Elbow's feeling good. It's one of those things that lingers. So at any time, if he doesn't have to have surgery, you're always going to be thinking, like, is elbow Okay. If he goes out there, completely screwed. If he has to miss games here and there, they will not win a game. They are very, very dependent on that individual. And McCarthy, like, it, you don't need to watch, like, Bill Parcells or Bill Walsh YouTube videos. Isn't the most dynamic individual. Now, is he the meathead that Aaron Rodgers thinks he is? I don't know if I'd go that far. But do I think he's a top 15 coach in the league right now? I do not. Not at all. So I, I think the Cowboys are in major, major trouble. And I'm a Jerry Jones fan. But if I'm him, I'm turning 79 years old this year. Like, I, I don't have an unlimited amount of time to live. 
Like it, this might just, just you might have to eat this one. And this season might just be a waste. But you're going to have to find a way. Like, Jerry, you need to get a good coach. The way you win in this league, dynamic coaches. Like, that's how you do it. And you're, Lincoln Riley's probably never taken the job until Jerry is not going to be the GM. Because why would Lincoln Riley leave the SEC making $10 million and he gets to be his own GM? It doesn't really make sense. But I don't know, man. I, I think the Cowboys' Dak thing is is very concerning. I think McCarthy is just not very good. And it just gets back. Jerry just made a very, very poor hire. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. They help you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Did you know 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites? LinkedIn's the only one I use. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I have the football team and the Patriot game on in the back. Chase Young just destroys people. Absolutely destroys people. I heard someone say that Rivera told them, might have been Mike Silver, who's like best friends with Ron Rivera, that two years ago, would have been two years ago, whenever the Chase Young draft, yeah, 
because it was they had Burrow and Chase Young in a completely different category than everyone else. Now, like looking back, Chase Young is an elite defensive player. There, there's probably going to be a point in time in his career for multiple years where he might be viewed as the best defensive player in the league in like three or four years. But if Rivera had a do-over, he would take Justin Herbert. Like, that's the move. Because Brian Fitzpatrick's now their starter. And I like Brian Fitzpatrick. And let's dive into him right now. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm not breaking down preseason games. So if that's just not what I'm going to be doing. But I did see that, and it was cool. Is that... Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, Robert Mays of The Athletic, talked to him. And he told him that last year when Brian Flores told him they were going to Tua, he laughed. He thought it was a joke. Like, he legitimately thought Flores was messing with him. Flores was dead serious. And he was floored. Now, if, if you take a step back, at the end of the day, like, Ryan, he was the fifth overall pick. You're Ryan Fitzpatrick. You're not like, you know, I don't know, a Manning brother or Phillip Rivers or something. Like, you're Ryan Fitzpatrick. But he's he was playing a high-level football, and they were winning. So I, I do understand. I do imagine. My guess is Flores is a Belichick guy. Belichick probably would have just kept trying to win with Ryan Fitzpatrick. And clearly they did because once they went to Tua, they kept yanking him out of games and going to Fitzpatrick, and it actually won him a game against the Raiders. My guess is how it went down. I have no inside sources on this. I bet it was the owner. Because I would imagine that the owner, at that time, middle of the season, Justin Herbert was becoming a star. Everyone was, myself and you name it, every fan anointing Justin Herbert as this star. He was picked after Tua. And his team wasn't even winning. And Miami's winning. If I was Steven Ross, I'd be like, hey guys, is he healthy? And they're like, yeah, he's fine. Well, put him in the game. Let's see what he's got. Because if he is as sweet or sweeter than this guy who's killing it for the Chargers, we're going to be even better. If I was sitting in his shoes and I was some super rich guy that you know wasn't some scout in the league and didn't really know that much about football, I would have said to do that. So I actually think it makes a lot of sense. The problem is he wasn't that good. Now, this preseason... Like, Tua's got to start showing some stuff. Because I think, think how many players in the league, young quarterbacks, we speak highly of, right? Obviously, starting with Justin Herbert, but Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield's turned his career around. We All these young guys, I like, can't wait to watch Justin Fields, can't wait to watch Trey Lance, can't wait to watch Trevor Lawrence. Tua is really the only guy that everyone's like, does he suck? Is he just not any good? Is it fair? Is it not? I don't even know. I'm down on him, but I don't really like average arm small guys. It's not my cup of tea. I, I like big arm guys. Now, I'm not saying every big arm guy is good, but that's just the way I lean. Personal preference, right? But if he's not good, Miami has a problem. We talked about if Dak's out, obviously the Cowboys are screwed. Miami has an organizational issue if Tua is not. Let's just say Tua turns out to be like, uh, an average to below quarterback. That is a devastating blow. Because it's a double whammy. One, they just had the third overall pick. And they could have taken a quarterback. So if Trey Lance and Justin Fields, those guys become good, that sucks for them. Also, they could have taken Justin Herbert. So it's kind of a double whammy. And something that you could be a great coach. 
you don't shake it. Nick Saban listened to his doctor when he said, Drew Brees is not going to be healthy. He had to leave the NFL. You don't get the quarterback right, no matter your defense is good, your offense is good, your wide receivers are good. If your quarterback is not good, it does not matter. It's just that simple. That's just the name of the game. Urban Meyer, I, I just don't quite understand this. Like, this isn't college, man. You drafted this guy number one overall. You're paying him $35 million guaranteed. Like, just name him the starter. Like, Trevor Lawrence, your starting quarterback. He refuses to name his starting quarterback, which I understand in college, right? If you're coaching Ohio State, you're coaching at Florida. You don't, you've never had a starter before. You have multiple guys battling for the job. I completely get it. But it's like, well, what are we talking about? Your, your team's not going to be that good. You had the number one overall pick on the guy that was anointed the next Andrew Luck four years ago. Just name him the fucking starting quarterback. I I, I think Minshew's fine. But what are we talking about here, man? Why is it always so difficult? You know, it's just, it's just not that complicated, right? Just... He's a starting court. Just say it. It won't kill anybody. It won't give some team big advantage or disadvantage. Just say it. That just that, that type of stuff is just what a waste of your energy. The Houston Texans. Like Nick Casario to me reminds me a lot of uh, Patricia, Mangini. They just think they can be the Belichickian asshole. And it works for Bill, and it worked for Parcells. They had rings on their fingers. They had equity. Casario, I I saw someone tweet this the other day. They're like, the last two GMs with the Texans, Rick Smith, who was there before, uh, I think with Kubiak, and then obviously with Bill O'Brien. When he watched practice, he used to stand behind the defense. I think he was a defensive player. It might have been a corner or something, safety. And if you, when I go to Niner practice, John Lynch stands behind the defense too. It's they're comfortable there. That's GMs usually stand on the behind of offense or the defense, but usually behind the defense because the coaching staff's behind the offense, or on the sideline. And then someone they wrote uh, Rick Smith stood behind the defense. The GM that lasted a year before uh, Billy O fired him stood on the sideline. And they say Casario stands with the coaches and is constantly talking to the coaches. Because you know why? He kind of thinks he's a coach. Because he had that kind of weird role in New England. That ain't going to work. This is not baseball. You cannot run the sport from being a GM. And the story that came out is a little inside football. When it's quote-unquote called training camp, the media is allowed to watch the entire practice. Same is true for OTAs and veteran minicamps. Start to finish. You can come out there right when the players come out, and you can watch till the final whistle. When training camp ends all the way till the end of the season, the media is only allowed 15 minutes at practice. So Casario went to the NFL and wanted to end their training camp, quote-unquote, early, like five or six days early. So basically, he kicked the media out. The NFL, which is in the business of, I don't know, printing money, because when you allow the media there, you get people talking, it gets the vibe. It's why the NFL, I don't know, is the biggest sport in America. Told him to kick rocks, no chance, you can't do that. And a big thing with Casario is like, and listen, it's not all of his fault. Deshaun Watson, the massage therapist, coming out to practice, it's weird. It's a bizarre situation. But just thinking like that, to me, has, I'm red flagging you. 
Like, who do you think you are? One, you're the most irrelevant team in the league right now. And two, you think the NFL is just going to let you do random things? What world do you live in? I have a hard time thinking that Casario, because this situation is going to be ugly. This team is going to suck. And I think sometimes when you're really going to suck, you need kind of a special personality. Either you're like you're that former player and you can see the big picture, like a, like a Ron Rivera type, or you're just like a positive guy, like an Andy Reid, or like a younger Sean Payton, like a big pick. I just don't see this with Casario. I, I just, I think it's going to be difficult, man. I, I, I really do. Uh, Justin Fields is scheduled to play a lot. I can't wait. If you have to ask me the number one guy I'm excited to watch preseason, and as you know, I'm not a big preseason guy. Justin Fields is going to play the majority of the game, Nagy said, maybe even in the fourth quarter. I know Trey Lance is going to play the entire half. I'm excited to watch those two guys play. Like Cam Newton still in the game looking up at the television. Like Mac Jones does nothing for me. Like once I finish recording this, I'm going to the gym. I'm not not watching Mac Jones play a preseason game. Justin Fields, Trey Lance, I'm in. Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, okay, I, I, I'm in. Hell, Tua, I want, well, back to Tua. Like, what's he looking like? Alex Smith joined ESPN. I don't love the fit. Like, to me, Alex, I think he would have been a good fit like NBC, like Sunday Night Football, in the studio. Like, get rid of Tony Dungy. Listen, Tony Dungy, fantastic human being. Awesome guy. Way better human. Like, I, I can't, like, I, I'm a... I don't know, a tenth of him as a human being. Like, he is an elite human, great guy. I just, I don't need him on television. He doesn't say anything. Putting people on television, like, you gotta have some personality. It's entertainment. You can't just have a guy who says nothing. I don't know if Alex necessarily would, but just give me some new blood. That's my issue with Drew Brees. I think Drew Brees, like Tony Dungy, fantastic human being. Is he really gonna say something? You know what would be more entertaining? Give me some guy that's like, just gonna tell it like it is. Maybe talk a little shit. Put Ocho Cinco in there. Like, hey, that was a terrible play. That was awful. You know why TNT uh, with Chuck has been the number one, you know, post-game show and pre-game show in like the history of pro sports? Because they will they will criticize people. These other people, they don't criticize, they don't say anything. And you can say, oh, Chuck says just madness too. Yeah, he's entertaining. It's what we're trying to get out of these television shows. Entertainment. Don't put me to sleep. <laughs> Okay, let's go a little Middlecoff mailbag. At John Middlecoff is the uh, the Instagram. You fire up in the DMs, and you get your questions answered here on the show. From Nick, longtime listener. My question, what do you think about the current Jamal Adams holdout? He wants to be paid like a defensive lineman, linebacker, in excess of $20 million a year. Do you think he deserves it? Why or why not? Also, if you could weigh in on Dwayne Brown as well. Well, my biggest issue with Seattle, and I think John Schneider is good. When you trade two ones and a two, you have to have a contract done with Jamal Adams then. Because you have to avoid this situation. And I do understand where Jamal is coming from. He was their best pass rusher last year. The problem is for a safety to get paid huge money. Like, I need you to cover. And as we know, he's not a great cover player. But he's an incredible blitzer. He's an unreal open field tackler and a great run game player. But remember last year, week two, playing uh, 
playing New England. Julian Edelman had like 250 yards. Julian Edelman's out of the league. He had to retire. He can't cover people. I think it's a complicated situation, but Seattle's already in too deep. What are they going to do? Now, $20 million. Like, aren't they offering him 17 and a half and the next highest paid safety, the Broncos guy Simmons makes 15? Like, bro, you're the highest paid safety in the league. Uh, Dwayne Brown, like, he's their left tackle. I they, I don't think either of these guys are practicing. I, I, don't, I don't quite understand what Seattle's trying to do here. Like, how do you get to these situations? Like, what, are you going to hardball them once a season? Like, you need these guys. You need them to practice. So I, I I think it's a problem. Now, I don't think that, like, either of them, you know, is going to uh, not play, but it's not an ideal situation. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Minnesota guy here. You're one of the few people in the media that respects Kirk Cousins and doesn't take the easy route and shit on him. Well, because he threw 36 or 37 touchdowns last year. He's just a good player. With that being said, if Zimmer turns the defense around this year, with young guys continuing to get better, what do you think a realistic expectation for the Vikings is? Love the pod. Only one of five pods. I work at a desk job. Appreciate it. Also, when you talk business, investments, real estate, it's always a joy. 
My ADA Cordano, my, the one crypto that I own, and I own a decent amount of coins, has had a good week. Not going to lie. My other stocks, not a great week. So you just, you, you know, that's why you diversify because you can lose uh, 10 grand in one thing and you, you can make, you know, 10 in the other. One thing you, in the stock market, I think you become numb to. If you would have told me like five years ago, yeah, you're just going to have days where you just learn, lose five figures on paper. I, I mean, I would have had a heart attack. And you just, it happens enough, you know, you just become numb to it. But then you also have a day when Tilray, the weed stock that I own, uh, the Reddit guys took it and they took that bad boy for a ride and that was incredible. So you just paper, paper wins and paper losses. Uh, don't phase you as much as, as real, as real losses. Uh, my thing with Kirk Cousins here, you know, the problem for Kirk Cousins, when you don't get vaccinated in the league, you get tested every day. Like what if he just, even if he's asymptomatic, what if he tests positive? Is Kirk Cousins going to miss a game or two during the season? You get tested every single day. If you're vaxxed, you don't get tested. So even if you're asymptomatic and you have it, no one even knows. <laughs> Cousins, like it's unavoidable. He's getting the swab. He's getting the swab every day. If he misses a game, they'll lose because they need him to be good just for them to win. Like you said, their defense needs to bounce back. I, I think they should be a fringe playoff team. If you look at the playoff teams, I think the three teams in the NFC West could all make the playoffs. I mean, the Rams and Seattle basically make the playoffs every year. I think the Niners, just being at the practice, are good. Uh, you know, the Bucks are good. The NFC East kind of sucks. And then the NFC North, you know, just them and the Packers, unless Justin Fields is a badass, which he could be. I, just, I still don't understand how Justin Fields got drafted 12th. Justin Fields got drafted 12th. 6'3", runs a 4-4, led his team to a national championship, has a huge arm. I don't know, man. I don't claim to be, you know, Bill Paul in here, but I, I think I have a pretty good idea. I, I, I don't get that. I, I really don't. Just started listening. I'm a Fresno guy who's born in San Francisco, so I consider you kind of in my backyard. Cal Poly, Fresno State, my man. Question. We are seeing many quarterbacks from small schools play really well in the NFL. What are these Power 5 scouts missing? Josh Allen famously is from Fireball and Fresno State didn't even sniff him. He had to go to Reedley College and then Wyoming. Then they'd have had been two of the five draft picks from North Dakota State in the last five years. Derek Carr from Fresno State, Jimmy G, Eastern Illinois. I'm trying to think of the recent guys from the Pac-12. Mariota, bust, Goff looking like a bust, Rosen bust, Darnold trending down. Why are these small school guys doing well and big guys struggling? It's a great question. I, I I think sometimes like Josh Allen easily should have been at a Pac-12 school. Like he couldn't have played at Oregon State, Arizona State. I was there when Derek Carr was at Fresno State. Like Derek Carr was better than like every quarterback in the Pac-12. Obviously Carson Wentz could have, and Trey Lance, Minnesota just didn't offer him. So I, I just think, Here's, here's a simple reality I got to take for you. In college, the coaches do all the recruiting. In the NFL, scouts do. We're not emotional about players. We just see big picture stuff. So like I had a buddy who's now at a power five school who said he begged his offensive coordinator to take Josh Allen and they wouldn't do it. The, the, the scouting community has no juice in college football. So if the coach doesn't like the guy, you're not signing the guy. It, it, it's really that simple. Jimmy G's probably, you know, I mean, he was a pretty under the radar. Trey Lance begged Minnesota to offer him. They said no. I don't think it's necessarily a trend. 
because I mean Herbert's from Oregon, Burrow, you know LSU. Uh, who are some other guys? Justin Fields, Ohio State, Trevor Lawrence, Clemson. I, I just think every player is their own entity, and I think coaches miss. I, I think it's really that simple. Coaches miss. Do you think the Saints make the playoffs? If Michael Thomas misses most of the year, I have a hard time thinking that. How are they going to be good enough on offense with Jameis? So I I think it's going to be tough. What would it take for Green Bay to convince Aaron Rodgers to stay? I just think have another year like last year. I think they win 12, 13, 14 games, make a playoff run. I don't think you have to win the Super Bowl. I think if he's good again, MVP type season, it doesn't get any better. He's a Green Bay Packers starting quarterback. His team is elite. And the division's not that good. Like, bro, you can win 13 games, be the Packers starting quarterback. They'll pay you $45 million a year. It's pretty good. Hey, Gudikins, just kiss his ass a little bit. That's all he wants. For you to just kiss his ass, ask him, hey, Aaron, pick two guys, you know, on the bubble. We'll let you pick the players. Like, does it really matter? <laughs> if those guys suck, just cut them and just he'll understand. Maybe let him pick a couple players when you do the cut down. Say, Aaron, we're going to let you pick two players for the 53-man roster. Here, here are 10 guys on the bubble. You pick two of the 10. Do something like that. I'm dead serious. I would start kissing his ass. That's what I would start doing. Just curious to hear you give a deeper dive on how people become a part of a front office in the NFL. What's their background? Is it law? Is it scouting? Is it business? Just curious how execs into those roles and what's their typical path. Do you know what's funny is when I was getting into the NFL, I used to read bios. I, I think the number one thing, if you want to get into a specific industry, especially something that is not like a normal career path, like just to be like a junior accountant or like a paralegal or something, but like a, a business that would be like, I want to work for Goldman Sachs. I want to work as an NFL vice president. Go read the bios of the people with those jobs. And do you know what you learn? What I, what I learned years ago, decade ago, everyone's past different. Some guy, Ozzie Newsom, played in the NFL. Some guys never played a snap of football. They went to law school. Other guys worked in college football. Other guys, good college player. I saw Adam Peters, John Lynch's right-hand guy today at practice. He played at UCLA, right? He never played in the pros. And he's been a part of, I think, like four or five Super Bowl teams. So it's just every guy has different paths. Parag, who runs the Niners' money and basically the York's business. He has, you know, Cal Stanford guy. Like Howie Roseman, Florida, and went to, uh, I think, uh, what's the school in New York? Uh, I can't even think of it. It's not uh, something with an H. Uh, Some school in New York, got a law degree. Started working for the Eagles. That was general manager. (laughs) Been for basically a decade. Right? John Schneider. I, I don't even know John Schneider's background. But every guy has a different path. So depending on what you want to do, Al Guido, president of the Niners, worked for Jerry Jones Company. And they helped the Niners build their stadium. And then through that, he met Jed York. Now he's the president of the 49ers. I think you just look around whatever type role you want to have to do, or even if you don't quite know. Because let's face it, if you're a young guy, you might not know. Hell, I didn't know. Just start looking at like five or six teams and pick like four or five guys on their staff. And just read their bio on the internet, you know, on the team's website. And I'll promise you this. One thing you'll find, most guys have different paths. So it shows you, like, you can do 
like you can't just do nothing and make it there, but th- there is no set path. Like you don't have to do this, this, and this to do that, right? Think about like Kyle Shanahan. His dad was Mike Shanahan, but the reason he has a job is because he knows what he's doing. Sean McVay, I think he played at Ohio. Now his grandpa was the Niners general manager. Lafleur, neither of those things got hired by Shanahan. Same with Sala, right? So you just one key. Here is my number one advice: you got to meet a guy on the inside. So you you realize your paths are kind of irrelevant because everyone has a different path. The only way in is knowing someone on the inside. You know, it's like a like a bank robbery movie. You know, typically in a good bank robbery movie, the way they're able to rob the bank or whatever the robbery is, they usually know a guy on the inside that works for the company that they're trying to rob. And he lets them know like, hey, you know, this is what you need to do to get inside this room. Without that, they could never rob the bank. Just like most people, without an in, whether it's a family member, which 99% of us do not have family members that worked in the NFL. But if you can just organically meet someone, that might mean in 2021, LinkedIn. People often like, Middle Cop, how'd you land these sponsors? I don't know. I fucking cold call people, shoot people DMs, LinkedIn, like you hustle. It's it's never been easier to get a hold of people. You don't just have to call them. You know why? Because if I call them, I don't have your number. You're not going to pick up. But I can shoot you a LinkedIn direct message. I can find you on Instagram. I can shoot you a direct message that way. I can find you on Facebook. I can shoot you a direct message that way. It's actually never been easier than it is right now to get a hold of whoever you want. Like if I truly, if I if, if the number one goal in my life was to get a phone call with Jeff Bezos, like if I, if I just really want to do that for whatever reason, maybe I had a business idea I want to pitch him, I think I eventually could. It would take me a lot of time and I would waste a lot of time. I think I could find it. But if I wanted to go like four rings below that, like if I wanted to get a hold of the president of the, so let's say Stephen Jones, I think you could hunt down Stephen Jones. It would be difficult, but I think it's, it's never been more possible to do that stuff without even having to see him in person. Because you can just work the back channels of the internet, which has basically all these human beings on it. Stephen Jones may be a bad example, but whoever the president of the Cowboys is, which is probably also a Jones. <laughs> so you you end up talking just one of the Jones. I loved it in Hard Knocks. Jerry Jones was eating a breakfast sandwich. There are just certain things in life, like whether you're worth billions of dollars like Jerry, or whether you're listening to this and you make 50 grand. Have you ever met a man? I can't speak for women because breakfast tastes, you know, different girls I've dated have been hit or miss. Every guy I've ever met likes a good breakfast sandwich. Breakfast burrito can be a little much, right? Especially they put potatoes in there. Can It can fill me up, you know, for the entire day. But a breakfast sandwich, when I saw him eating that breakfast sandwich, I'm like, you know what? Most men are kind of similar. You know, we might, we might make, you know, Jerry's worth billions. You know, most of us are worth thousands. You know, if you're doing well, you're worth hundreds of thousands. If you're doing really well, maybe you're worth a couple million. Jerry's worth billions of dollars. And that smile he got when he put that soul in his breakfast sandwich, looked like he had a sausage, egg, cheese, um, made him very happy, you know, because we all get very happy when we eat a breakfast sandwich, something we all have in common. So when you see the chaos on the internet about everyone hates each other, which is, I never believe. Most people, you know, you see all this vitriol and this chaos on social media. I've said this for years. And then you go into society, you just turn off your phone, you go to the gym or you go out to eat and like, God, everyone's just kind of being friendly. Like why? Everyone hates each other on the internet, but in real life, everyone's kind of nice. Even when things are kind of weird. 
Uh, just finished Hard Knocks, and I have some questions. First, did the Cowboys perfectly, purposely make sure Mike McCarthy wasn't shown hardly at all? Second, I love how Jerry Jones said he'd do anything to win a Super Bowl, but he will never do what he should do and done years ago and let someone else run the team. Finally, it seemed like the Cowboys camp wasn't serious enough. Maybe it was how it was produced, but players and coaches didn't seem locked in like in past hard knocks. Uh, Yeah, maybe you're... I, I think it's just this simple. The hard knocks, I'm 36 years old. Be 37 here soon. Sucks. You know, it's like I, I used to... It's crazy. You start getting older. I'm sure anyone listening to this, like once you get in your 30s, the years go by fast. I remember being 20. I felt like I was like 26 forever. Like I, was, I was telling people, I just vividly remember telling people, I'm 25, 26, and that just lasted forever. I feel like I was telling people I was 32 like 15 minutes ago. Now I'm 37. The hell are the years going? Uh, I think with McCarthy. So I've been watching Hard Knocks basically its entirety. Do you remember in the 2000s, the Hard Knocks, you would get like, coaches meetings, talking shit about players. It was awesome. You're like, this guy sucks. We need to get this guy more reps. Cut this guy. It was very just raw and real. Now it's completely fake. It's just completely manipulated. It is a puff piece. It is, you know, state-run media is NFL-run media. That's all that is. So I just think the whole thing is kind of a joke. That's just, that's how Hard Knocks has been. Uh, So yeah, I... Jerry, but their their team actually is not terrible. Serious, it, to me, it's just hard to tell. I thought the mojo thing was kind of stupid, but it felt like the players liked it, so who am I to say it's stupid? What does Baker need to accomplish this year if he wants to get the same type of money as Josh Allen? Contract extension, he wants instead of the franchise tag? I think it's pretty simple. Just make a large pay- playoff run. If he's really good, throws 35, 40 touchdowns, and they're in the AFC Championship game, he's going to get $40 million. If he has a shitty year and they don't they miss the playoffs with this great roster, how could they give him any money? I I, I think Baker is a lot on the line. I I, I really do, and you know I, he's going to get some money no matter what. But I couldn't pay him forty three million dollars. And listen, I might have been hard on him, right? I I was really hard on him early in his career. You put him in that you know the Stefanski who runs like basically the Shanahan system. It's quarterback friendly, and he looked good. But I don't know, man. Can he sustain it? John Dorsey's a really good GM scout, right? I guess he's not a GM anymore. He's been fired, but he really valued the stuff Baker had, and he's hit on a lot of picks in his life. So I'm not going to try to act like I know more football than John Dorsey, and he loved him. He was he was worthy in a good quarterback draft to take him number one overall. Uh, but physically, he's not close to as gifted as Josh Allen, right? He's or Lamar Jackson. Now, can in that offense with that roster? Can he pull it off? Uh, I, I know if you're a Browns fan, even if you like Baker, I think we all realize, like, if you're a Browns fan, that means you're more than likely a Cleveland sports fan. Like, you know what an elite player looks like. His name's like LeBron James, right? Even like Kyrie, like those are max type guys. Miles Garrett, max type guy. You watch Baker Mayfield, if you're a Browns fan, and think like, max guy. That's a max guy. If you're an Indians fan, right? Like, you've had CeCe Sabathia. You've had Lindor. Like, you've had you've seen great players, is Baker a great player? Or is he just the best quarterback you've had because you've had a bunch of bad quarterbacks? And again, he maybe I'm I'm mighty I'm fully acknowledging I might be in hard on him. Like I, I don't view him as like a bottom ten quarterback, but is he a top ten quarterback? Because I want to pay someone forty five million dollars, he better be a top ten quarterback. Hell, I thought Dak Prescott's like right nine, ten, eleven somewhere in there, and I'd even like paying him forty. 
So maybe my standards, I was in an argument today at Niners practice. Argument would be strong, but talking at Niners practice with Matt Mayoko, who votes for the Hall of Fame, Josh Dubow, who works for the AP, and we're just talking Hall of Fame. And I got into an argument on DMs the other day with a guy that said John Lynch is not a Hall of Famer. And I said, well, if Tim Brown's a Hall of Famer, then John Lynch is a Hall of Famer. And he's like, well, Tim Brown's way better than John Lynch. I said, well, just look at their stats. And I don't, you can't compare, he had a however many touchdowns. John Lynch is a defensive player. They both went to nine Pro Bowls and they both scored two touchdowns. He's like, well, he threw, scored all those touchdowns on shitty Raider teams. I'm like, well, John Lynch was one of the best players on one of the best defenses ever on a team with no offense. Now, again, I I like John Lynch. Uh, I, I'm, a, I'm glad he got in the Hall of Fame. Like, it's good for him. I'm not rooting for people not to get in the Hall of Fame. Personally, though, I think the Hall of Fame just started letting a lot of guys in. Fringe guys. And clearly, he had to wait nine years. Like, to me, when I think Hall of Fame, like, I think Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Ray Lewis, Brett Favre, like, that, Michael Jordan. I think the best of the best. But that's not really what the Hall of Fame is anymore. So, I got no problem with John Lynch going, getting in, just like I had no problem with Tim Brown getting in. But, like, once you start letting those type guys in, like, it just opens the floodgates to more. Because we were talking about Frank Gore. Is Frank Gore a Hall of Famer? Like, that one's tough because he's going to be the third leading rusher in the history of the league. But he was probably never a top three running back in his career on a given season in the league, right? Adrian Peterson, Marshawn Lynch. Like, those guys, to me, like, Marshawn Lynch will not have the stats Frank Gore has. But when Marshawn's peak for, like, four or five years, he was top two running back in the league. He was better player than Frank Gore. And I'm a Frank Gore guy, but he just was. So it's just the Hall of Fame... Gets to a complicated argument. As a former scout, who in your eyes are the top three GM personnel executives in the league? Also, does Howie Roseman make the top of your list? Why doesn't he invest in linebackers? Thanks for your time. Uh, I, you know, it can change, right? Because, like, people would say, if I say John Schneider, you'd be like, well, look at his roster. I'd be like, well, you, so you're telling me it's just Russell Wilson? That's the only reason they win? No, he plays a big role. But John Schneider was the reason he's on the team. And they've made the playoffs basically like eight out of the last nine years. Uh, Jason Light on an all-time heater. And then you'd be like, well, they were not very good before they signed Tom Brady. Well, look at last year. I mean, their team is just stacked. He hasn't missed on a draft pick in a long time. And they were in position to be a badass team because of the team he built around them. I, was, I saw this argument the other day on Twitter. It was like, oh, Chris Ballard's overrated. I'm like, is he? They won 11 games last year, the Indianapolis Colts, with a washed-up Phillip Rivers. How many teams in the league could put Phillip Rivers on their team last year, the, that version, not peak Phillip Rivers, last year, and win 11 games? Obviously, quarterback's the most important position. So once you draft like Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen, your team's just going to be good. But what if you don't have a great quarterback? Can you build just a good team? Right? Ballard does. Like, Ballard's team, right? If I put Phillip Rivers on Seattle and I put Phillip Rivers on the Colts, the Colts are going to be better. Seattle would not make the playoffs in the AF or the NFC. So, and I think John Steyer is one of the best. But how, like, and we can play, it changes year to year, right? Two years ago, John Lynch is like, shit, team won 13 and three. We walked to the Super Bowl. Look at the roster I built, me and Kyle. And then last year, you're like, God, he sucks. So it's one of those things like, here's what I know about Howie. He can make deals with anyone. He is as dynamic. When we talk about Mike McCarthy, not dynamic, Howie's dynamic. So he can just constantly do shit. So when they're like, if Jalen Hurts is a problem and just not any good, 
They'll just trade for Deshaun Watson. They will land a quarterback. He'll make a huge trade. It's what he does. There's not a better trader in the league. Has he missed on some picks? Yeah. A lot of guys miss on picks, though. So, I, I mean, I to me, Jason Light stands out right now. I think John Schneider's body of work is fantastic. Look at Kevin Colbert, how consistently good the Pittsburgh Steelers are. Would be some names that come to mind. I And listen, I, I am biased, but I think Howie's is dynamic when it comes to making deals. And that's part of the deal, right? It's not like, how good's your practice squad? Like, I don't know. He can just constantly make good trades. And uh, I, th- I think he'll figure out the quarterback position. I wouldn't put him, like, you know, based on the last couple of years, obviously, in the top three. But a couple of years ago, you would have when they won the Super Bowl. So it's just, I, I think it ebbs and flows a lot. Like, I think Rick Spielman with the Minnesota Vikings, his team, like, they've had average quarterback play for five, six years. Every year they were making the, the Super Bowl, or not the Super Bowl, but the playoffs. Cousins and Teddy, right? And they just were winning 10 plus games. He just builds a really good team. But if you build a really good team, but you don't have a quarterback, we go, ah, yeah, he's a good GM, not a great one. It's hard. Now, like Ozzie Newsome, like they never really had a quarterback most of his time. They had a little moment with Flacco, but it was like he got a lot of credit. Imagine if he would have drafted a sweet quarterback. Imagine if he would have had Lamar Jackson on some of those earlier Ravens teams. <laughs> Won like 15 games a year. Hell, they're winning like 14 games right now with Lamar on the team now. is not as good as it was probably 10 years ago. It's still pretty good. That's a good question. Uh, appreciate everyone listening and uh, have a great weekend. I'm going to watch some football, play a little golf and probably uh, have some cocktails. So uh, talk to y'all soon. Talk to you next week. Peace. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at, at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? 
facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.